Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear John Happy birthday to you. Come on, Gov. Whoa. Whoa. You've been trying to keep it a secret. Thank you very much. And today, I'm also a birthday today, my old manager when I ran for mayor, Rob Ryan. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, happy birthday. We're trying to figure out. we got a couple technical issues, John, that we're trying to figure out right now. But I think this could give Gov another chance to sing happy birthday. Uh, no, I, I just want to ask you, Ron, your birthday is actually tomorrow, right? That's correct. Did right. you know that's St. David's Day? I it know. is. None of us do now. It's true. No matter how religious we are, none of us do that. <laughs> oh, my God. We, so, by the way, what are you doing for your birthday? What are you doing to celebrate? I'm going to have uh, dinner with my my daughters, my wife, my granddaughter, my son-in-law. My family. How fun! How That's fun! Great. And and so, where are you going? Are you going? Are you going to be inviting us so we can crash at some point? Or you have to drive out to the Hamptons? Uh, Ed Cox. Yeah, you got something to get off your chest? Uh, not off my chest. We got a great candidate for U.S. Senate, Mike Sapricone, uh born in Queens, same hospital as Donald Trump. And cop for 20 years here in New York City. He built a great security business after that. 800 employees sold it for a small fortune. And he's now getting into politics. Almost unanimous selection of the grassroots of the party in convention in Binghamton. He is now our candidate for U.S. Senate. It's time that we have a Republican senator from New York, particularly because we are going to have a Republican majority in the Senate. Just about everyone can and see I that. I want to know the, Democrat, the former Democratic uh, uh, state chairman, uh, Governor Patterson, how do you feel about that? Uh, I would be very surprised if that actually does happen. But if someone could make it happen, it would be Ed Cox, the chair of the Republican Party. First time we've had it since Senator Al D'Amato. Wow. And Al D'Amato will be on at uh, 5.50 today. Yeah, Al D'Amato is going to be on at 5.50. Um, and in fact, um, we also, by the way, I want to talk about one thing. This is Joe Biden comes out and it's through the Biden administration. They put out this document that they're now going to be calling migrants newcomers. That, to me, is astounding. Ed Cox, your thoughts? Unvetted migrants, I like to call them. We don't know what the heck they are. They're coming here over the border. They could be terrorists. They could be criminals. Hey, look, the, the, this, the, this is a situation. You know, legal immigration, you know who's coming here. Way back, way back when, you know, you knew they were coming. They didn't have diseases. They weren't criminals. They weren't terrorists. And that was what, that's what was done on Ellis Island. You checked them out. We don't know about these people. 
And joining us now, by the way, to talk about migrants right now, we have Congressman Troy Nels. Uh, Congressman, first off, it is great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Um, you know, first off, you know, you wrote a, a powerful book about obviously what's going on right now in the border. It is so timely. But first, let's get to uh, the fact that this memo came out. Did you see this where they're calling illegal migrants newcomers? Can you believe that? That's the uh, thank you for having me, Rita. That's the politically correct uh, word or term to use newcomers. No, they're they're America. They're illegal aliens is what they are. They're illegal aliens. Um, We've got a big, big problem with it. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, President Trump went down to the border the other day. Of course, the timing of it now with Joe Biden making it look like he cares and he's concerned about the southern border could be the furthest thing. It's just not true. But Donald Trump obviously went to Eagle Pass. Where migrants were there, where did Joe Biden go? Brownsville, where no one's around. So it's just it's it. There's a stark difference between Donald J. Trump and Joe Biden as it relates to border policy and keeping the American people safe. So, uh, Congressman, how long do you think it's going to be uh, before there's some resolution here? Well, there there there, there will not be any resolution uh, in Congress. Congress isn't going to get it done. And when I mean Congress, it's more than just the House of Representatives. It's both chambers. The House did its job, passed H.R. 2. We had a great border bill. Uh, and then Chuck Schumer does nothing with it. And the Senate's trying to struggle with some type of a, a border bill, which is nothing more than just throwing money at it. We don't need more money at the southern border. You just need a change in, uh, in policy and revert back to Trump's policy. So I don't see anything, quite honestly, sadly, unfortunately. I don't see Congress doing anything. It's gonna. It's gonna take Donald J. Trump back in the White House. Well, well obviously, to, uh, actually have border security. There would be a change in policy if, if that becomes the case. But you're comfortable with letting perhaps a year go by before that would occur? No, I'm not comfortable with any of it. I think the border is a disaster. We passed a, a great border security bill, but Chuck Schumer doesn't want to secure the border. Joe Biden doesn't want to secure the border. He, did, he could do it today by himself with executive order. He doesn't want to do it. I even think the press secretary said, we ain't going to do it. And then we're not doing any executive action. It's the Republicans' fault. Of course it is. You get the dishonest media, the dishonest media, greatest threat to our country, to spew this and, and just say it's the Republicans' fault. But guess what, people? The American people aren't buying it. The American people looked at it. 26% approval rating on Joe Biden handling the southern border. It's going to be a problem. And Donald Trump's going to win the right House as a result. By the way, uh, Congressman, you are uh, to me, it is astounding. Every single poll, uh, illegal immigration is number one. And, I, you know, I want to bring up something that I found so offensive yesterday when first you have Biden down at the border. And then, of course, Trump is down there at the border, both presidents. Biden comes out and starts talking about climate change. President Trump talks about Lake and Riley, uh, the poor girl, of course, who was murdered in Athens, Georgia, the nursing student who, by the way, her funeral uh, took place today. It, it, to me, it just epitomized the two different approaches. Biden's talking about, you know, uh, the different temperatures. And meanwhile, Trump is saying, protect our homeland, protect our border. That, to me, just epitomized the two positions in, in very searing terms. Without a doubt, and, and Donald Trump, you're right. I think he spoke to Lake and Riley's family. I'm sure he did what he could to apologize to that family for the disastrous border policies of Joe Biden. And you think about that suspect, that, that thug, 
uh, Jose Antonio Abara coming through our southern border, what, in September of, of 2022, I believe. And he's arrested in 2023. Of course, we do the parole. You know, there's no issues with putting sending people throughout the country on parole. I hear that from the left all the time in my Judiciary Committee hearings. Parole, parole, no big deal. Takes the life of Lake and Riley. 22 years, just a beautiful young lady, nursing student, Dean's List. Great, great gal. And, and, th- and there are other victims. It's just not Miss Riley. There are others that are becoming victims of these thugs, these murders, these rapists that are being released by Maduro. He is the president, obviously, of Venezuela. They're coming up here. They're infiltrating the caravan. And they're, and they're causing crime and hurting the American people. It's not safe out there right now. You know, before we let you go, Congressman Troy Nels, you're right there in Texas. By the way, you're a former sheriff, too. Uh, you just wrote a big book uh, that everybody's talking about, Borderless by Design. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, too, real quick. Well, it, it, it's a book. It's, it's 12 chapters, 333 pages of truth. And it's all about, uh, I, I call it Borderless by Design because this isn't by accident. This administration is calling for millions of people to enter our southern border just like they did before he was even sworn in, before Biden was sworn in. He was calling people to come up. You've seen him from 150, 160 different countries. It's getting them into this country through the asylum. Everybody's claiming asylum. We let them in through parole. We sprinkle them out. And then eventually we start these naturalization mills, as you saw back in the 1800s up there in, in New York. Obviously, Boss Tweed, everybody should know who Boss Tweed is, right? They would get off the boats up there at Ellis Island. They get them off, find some judges, swear them in, make them citizens. Boom, now they're Democrats. This is the long game right now, what we're seeing with this administration. And these people will remember who, which party brought them here. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt. And you can see it in the polls because even Democrats are just so disgusted with what's been happening at the border. Congressman Troy Nels from the great state of Texas. Thank you so much. We love having you on, Congressman, and keep up the good fight. Rita, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. And, John, uh, joining us now, we have John Solomon with some big breaking news. Breaking news. WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news is John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. Some big bombshells coming out of Hunter Biden and also James Biden, the president's brother. Uh, fill us in. Well, listen, all the things we were told in 2019 and 2020, now the Biden family admits to, then they denied. Remember when Hunter Biden said my dad didn't meet with my partners? Yeah, they did have the Cafe Milano dinners after all, where several oligarchs got uh, who were paying Hunter Biden got FaceTime with Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, remember when they said my family never got any money from China? Well, yeah, James Biden said, yeah, we got money from China. And oh, by the way, some of that money from China, I used to pay Joe Biden back for a loan that I didn't even document. I don't have the proof of the loan, but Joe Biden got some of the money that I got from China. So there are uh, a lot of the great stories we were told in 19 were just that. They were false narratives designed to help the president get elected. But today, his family is copying to a lot of the things that are now been proven by bank records and by testimony. You know what was interesting? I, I think the interesting thing is yeah. they, they, they don't want to get caught up in a lie because right. a lie uh, is what's going to put them in jail versus not You're remembering right. things. Yeah, the or, or it's a loan with no documentation of yeah. a loan, you know, yeah. John? 
Yeah, you're right on the money here. Listen, this is a perilous thing for these guys to get on. And most defense lawyers would say, don't do this. But you're right. They're going to cop to anything that there's a record for. That said, I think Hunter Biden and uh, James Biden are at conflict with so much of the evidence, even for the things that they admit that I wouldn't be surprised down the road if James Comer and Jim Jordan maybe send some information to the Justice Department, ask him to look at it for false testimony. We'll see. That's going to occur down the road. But um Listen, there's a top line story now that's irrefutable. When you take Hunter Biden's admissions, James Biden's admissions, the documents now in evidence, it is very clear now that the Biden family did one thing over a decade. uh, Hunter Biden and James Biden and their partners targeted America's two largest geopolitical adversaries, China and Russia. They targeted the oligarchs in those countries, energy oligarchs, banking oligarchs, uh, and they uh, uh, got millions of dollars from them at a time when Joe Biden was really in charge of the policy in those two regions of the world, Asia and Eastern Europe. Yep. John, you know what bothers me? Yeah. I can understand the millions of dollars, and I can understand uh, the greed, but it cost the American people hundreds of billions. Yeah. I mean, if the president, if somebody in Washington wants I would have given them a few million dollars and say, yeah. let's not screw our own citizens. I mean, yeah. it's and also change a policy, know, John. I, I mean, over t- tens of thousands of dollars, over a million dollars, two million, three million, five million. Yeah. It's costing the American taxpayers trillions. And you know what? I you know what bothers me, John? To your point, I think about all these stories that we've heard coming out. He is doing business with China to help them get natural gas and drilling here yeah. in this country. And and then also the son of a bee with the Ukraine uh, prosecutor. These are like changes of policy while he's cutting off American oil and gas. I mean, that to me is think about how much money that's costing this country. Ron Johnson said not that long ago for their petty enrichment, the Biden family put this country in much graver danger, national security wise, reputation wise. Uh, and I think that's going to be the legacy of this presidency. They, the stories they told us to get in weren't true. Then when they cop to it, the image that we now have is of a family that was willing to shake down our adversaries, our allies for money and in the process weaken the national security posture of the United States. And before we let you go, real quick, uh, the big yeah. guy, because he didn't deny <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hunter Biden yeah. that his father was the big guy. That's explain right. and, and explain why that could be big. Well, listen, the big guy is the brand, right? And that was the code name for him. And basically, Hunter Biden, in a backhanded way, confirmed that. But that is what we now know. The big guy was part of this operation. He meets with the he's the closer. He's the guy that goes to the dinners. Now the big guy is forever going to be confirmed in the uh, in the annals of the Senate uh, record of this impeachment. The big guy was part of the family scheme. Wow. Big stuff. Well, John Solomon, thank you so much. You always have uh, the best news there at Just the News. We appreciate it. Thank you for the breaking news. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Great, John. Thank you very much. And joining us now to talk about all of this is Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett, the author of the great book, The Constitution of the United States and other patriotic documents. Greg, what did you make of this revelation that Hunter did not deny that his father, the president, was the big guy? Yeah, he spent three years uh, denying that uh, the big guy is his dad. Uh, So did Joe Biden, who called the question stupid to even ask. Uh, and now he finally cops to it. And, and you could say that pretty much about all the other Joe Biden denials. They've all fallen by the wayside. He has been lying to the American people. And John's right. What they did was they sold out America for self-enrichment. 
That's what Hunter did, as I wrote in my column this week. Uh, Joe Biden was the closer. Hunter struck the deals. Joe would show up. He closed the deals. His mere appearance signified his assent and participation. And magically, within days, millions would flow to the Biden. So embarrassing to the American people that we have Washington so stupid. And I talked to Newt Gingrich today. He's going to be on my show on on Sunday morning. And the amount of foreign money flowing in to Washington is unbelievable. And it's flowing in through uh, citizens of other countries, United States citizens that have backgrounds in other countries. And the foreign governments are using their businesses to flow the money in through their businesses and contributions to Washington. But, you know, Democrats like Joe Biden always consider taxpayer money to be like monopoly money, play money, their money, that they could spend it uh, with impunity. And, you know, I also thought uh, for a very long time that Joe Biden just sees all these rich people that he deals with and he thinks he should be rich, too, and that he's entitled to that uh, enrichment. And so he went about in schemes with his family, his brother, his son, to enrich themselves. And, you know, people in the Biden family who didn't do anything, including kids and grandkids, uh, were lavished with some of the overseas foreign corrupt money. Yeah, and here's Ed Cox for a question so, for you, Greg. So, Greg, where is the far, where is FARA, FAR to Ancient Registration Act? Where this they went after, violation. by the way, where they went after Paul Manafort and all these others for. <laughs> Where's the Justice yeah. Department? Oh, absolutely. And I mentioned that a couple of days ago in my column on Fox News. The evidence now makes it abundantly clear that he committed a felony under the FARA violation. Uh, as well as the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and many uh, pieces of evidence uh, accumulated suggest also bribery under 18 U.S.C. 201. Look up the statute, you'll say, wow, seems like it was written just for the Bidens. Yeah, by, by the way, was uh, Hunter Biden a feeble, elderly, well-meaning old man? I mean, because, you know, I, I, exactly. It's like, why did they get these exemptions? Let's go to Judge Weinberg. Greg, the most outrageous part of this whole situation is the fact that this was covered up and whitewashed by Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, later appointed by Garland as the special counsel. What are your thoughts about that? Well, it makes the IRS whistleblowers look like even bigger heroes uh, because that sweetheart deal was blown up and set ablaze. When the IRS whistleblowers testified, hey, wait a minute, there's a cover-up here by Joe Biden's Department of Justice. Uh, They're trying to give Hunter Biden immunity uh, so that they can continue to bury the incriminating evidence. And so, you know, David Weiss is not uh, a a hero. He is a villain. He was only forced to bring the charges against Hunter Biden, kicking and screaming because of the IRS whistleblowers. And Greg, before we let you go, I got to ask you about uh, the soap opera that is Fanny Willis and Nathan Wade, because the hearing uh, was taking place today. I was watching it all day long. Where do you think that's going to go? Because I don't think the judge is going to rule today. It looks like probably on uh, next week. I think maybe you know better. But what do you think? I, I mean, it's it, it, Fanny Willis kind of parades in court today again and is like, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, do you think well, she is going to be going somewhere and the judge is going to send her somewhere? Yeah, it, she, she's off the case in my judgment. I, I mean, 
no sentient person was believing anything that, you know, he and Wade and Terrence Bradley were peddling. I mean, their testimony was like a Three Stooges slapstick comedy. Uh, <laughs> You're right. You know, they couldn't get their story straight. The records belie the tale they're spinning. And, you know, Fannie Willis is like the picture of Dorian Gray, is self-destructing wow. and disintegrating before our very eyes. Her own misbehavior has ruined her credibility and tainted uh, the cockamamie case, RICO case that you brought against Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my God. It, it definitely has been. Uh, it's like must watch TV, though, and, and listening to her. I can't wait to it's like it, I can't wait to see what the judge does. Um, Greg Jarrett, thank you very much. It's great to have you here. Thank you my so pleasure. much. Thanks, Greg. We love having you on. And uh, John and everybody, when we come back, we got Larry Kudlow coming up, who's going to be. Let's find out what the economy is going. I mean, the stock market is going gangbusters. It is going gangbusters, but uh, so are my grocery prices when I go to the grocery store. It's going to get worse. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And it is Friday and in honor of uh, Judge Weinberg's birthday. It's always pizza day, too. What a way to celebrate. We really do a top notch here at ABC. And it's the iconic Grimaldi's Pizza at the Old Limelight Church in New York City. It is the official pizza of 77 WABC. I think, by the way, we're bringing in a slice. The, the judge has to have it. It's his birthday coming up. And don't forget Governor Patterson, who loves pizza. We can't forget that. And, and John, what would, um, Grimaldi's Pizza be without you saying? Anthony! (laughs) And joining us, a guy who also appreciates pizza, uh, we have Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow joins us now here. The the market is going gangbusters. What the heck is going on? Well, I want to say a couple things. Uh, Yes, the market's doing very well. But, 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 the new ranking of economic freedom from the Heritage Foundation the United States continues to decline. We are not rated as a free economy, and we're barely rated as a mostly free economy. Out of an index of 100, we've dropped down to 70. Uh, it's the worst in 30 years, and uh, the blame goes for all these big government spending and regulating policies. We are not in, we're nowhere near uh, a free status. So just sort of Put that in your teacup and stir on it for a while. Uh, we have to. I'll take another bite of pizza. Yeah, have another pizza. 
reducing the size and scope of government is the key, and we're not getting that done. And that's why our ratings have fallen so much, the worst in 30 years. Now, on the economy, John, I have one word for you. Profits. Profits are the mother's milk of stocks and the lifeblood of the economy. And the reason I think the stocks have done so well and the economy has been resilient is profits. Companies are very profitable. Uh, The outlook for profits is very good. Uh, I like to read Edyard Denny every day. He's been tracking this. The guy's been absolutely right. Um, Pessimists were wrong. And the biggest reason is profits. That's what it is. Probably technology, probably better productivity. It's not government policies. It's internally generated. Mr. Biden would like to tax profits, but he hasn't gotten away with that yet. Anyway, is is AI out of control on the upside? Well, the application of AI is a big factor. Uh, I think, you know, you talk about AI uh, like NVIDIA, for example, that's the golden parachute into AI. It's not the only chip company. Um, it's going to have an impact over the next 10 or 20 years, like the information revolution in the 80s and 90s. And the application, you know, for everything, I don't care whether you're in banking, uh, whether you're in uh, agriculture, uh, whether you happen to run food stores, it's just quantum computing. Everything is fast. It's easy to get management controls. And yes, it's going to be a very big deal. I don't want to, I don't want to get like, irrationally exuberant but i would just say ai is part of the profits improvement but um, management has been very strong in business very strong uh cutting costs looking for productivity keeping an eye on the bottom line uh and i think you know that's the hallmark of our economy so far it doesn't matter what the government does the private sector can sort of get around it by good management. And that's what we're seeing. And that's why the stock market keeps doing well. And stocks are telling us the future is going to be okay. You know, the um, Atlanta Fed GDP now tracker uh, has 3% growth in the first quarter, which will end in uh, the end of March. And we had two good quarters at the end of uh, 2023. So the sun, the sun is going to shine for the rest of the century. I heard that someplace. (laughs) The sun will come out tomorrow. I've heard that one, Ed. You've heard that one. I hope so. (laughs) I mean, as as an optimist, I'd like to think you're right, John. Uh, You and I will will watch it from heaven (laughs) as it unfolds. Um, Rita will probably watch it from heaven. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was close. You yeah, yeah, yeah. There last yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. I might be down here still. All right. <laughs> Rhea might, might be down here. The, bir- the birthday boy will join us in heaven. Oh, absolutely. Wow. I'm with you. <laughs> Larry Kudlow, you're going to be on uh, our number one show on Saturday from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock tomorrow on Saturday. And uh, uh, what are you going to talk about tomorrow? Uh, we're going to talk about all this stuff and we're going to talk about profits and we're going to talk about the stock market. We'll talk about the border disaster. Uh, we're going to talk to Peter Schweitzer about his tough new book. John, I just want to thank you for the great ad featuring our show. I'm really most grateful. Uh, you're wonderful and, and we appreciate it. Well, God bless you. I'll be listening in tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock on WABCradio.com worldwide, 173 countries, 50 states, 
except Antarctica. What about the solar system? You talked, you left that off. But it does go there too. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. After that ad, it's got it. Does the solar system see the ad too? I wonder. And Larry, where, where else? The stratosphere. Mm-hmm. No, the no. Milky Way. Oh, the Milky, the Milky Way. The Milky Way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Larry. In the Milky Way. Have thank a you, great, Larry. Have a great weekend. Thank you very thank much, you. and thanks again. Thanks, Larry. And, uh, Rita, you have some hot news now? It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. And as you heard here on Cats and Cosby, as we were talking with Craig Jarrett, we are on Fanny Willis' watch down in Fulton County, Georgia, as the judge will soon decide whether or not to kick her off the Trump case. This is based on allegations that former President Trump interfered with the 2020 election in the Peachtree State. But many say that D.A. Willis should be absolutely disqualified because she hired Nathan Wade to prosecute the case and they were in a romantic relationship. There's also claims that Willis benefited financially by hiring Wade. The faces of rioters in the 2021 U.S. Capitol riot will not be blurred. This after House Speaker Mike Johnson announced that 5,000 hours of video from the U.S. Capitol would be made public soon. Speaker Johnson blamed logistical hurdles for not being able to carry out his original plan to blur the faces. And also, murdered Georgia nursing student Lakin Riley is being laid to rest today. The 22-year-old was found dead last week on the campus in Athens, Georgia, of the University of Georgia there. An illegal immigrant from Venezuela with a track record of repeat criminal offenses stands accused of her murder, which has reignited focus on the growing migrant crime crisis. And everybody, those are your Goya top, top, top stories of the day here on Cats and Cosby. And of course, by the way, make sure you use real olive oil. (laughs) Goya extra virgin olive oil is real olive oil. Because he, because Bob Unanway was telling you. It is 100% real. And also, by the way, I want to tell everybody, as we're talking about uh, human trafficking and what's going on at the border, uh, GoyaCares.com. If you go there, uh, they combat human trafficking and everything that's happening at the border. So check out GoyaCares. is just such a great, incredible company. They do so much. Well, let's take a break right now. And we're going to come. Go, we're going to Florida. The Sunshine so we State. Have Jimmy Petronas on. Uh, Jimmy is the CFO of Florida, the number two person in Florida. And uh, he's got some news. He says that uh, the big decision against Trump is driving people out of New York. He says, come on down. Let's take that break first. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, joining us now is the chief financial officer of the state of Florida. Also, uh, he is in charge of all the first responders there with the fire department. And he has a great restaurant. Also, let's not forget that. And he's one of the greatest guys. We love him here on the show. Jimmy Petronas. Man, my favorite New Yorkers. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being on. And uh, are you going to say the famous words? You know, I say Anthony's Pizza. Your famous words are, come, come on down. down. Come on down. <laughs> come on down. And tell us, everybody, you know, you wrote a really powerful post, Jimmy. We were like, wow, it's a letter to New York businesses. Tell us about it. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think money goes where money's appreciated and respected. 
And here you've got, you know, a, a half-baked attorney general who's going after Donald Trump. So she's really setting a very dangerous precedent that, you know what, if you don't play by our rules or my interpretations, then I could seize your assets and keep you from making a living and being a job creator in New York. Those type of people, they can come to Florida all day long. They can keep more money and be welcome in the state of Florida and not have some banana republic, uh, you know, attorney general running the show. Running the show. You mean that uh, a $355 million fine and then $100 million in interest and then it's 87000 every day. You mean that that could be excessive, uh, Jimmy? Uh, you know, I, I can't believe I can't believe there's actually a courtroom in the United States. This is why I got so spun up on this thing. A former sitting president of the United States was on the stand defending. And, and you know, by the way, let me tell you something. The banks, there was no default. There was no victims. I don't know where she's coming from. But you know what? Her her stupidity is, is in my opinion, our win in Florida. So it's, it's exciting to be able to use your microphone in order to invite these great job creators to the state of Florida. Well, we, we are we're out there telling the truth, and uh, that's why we get opinions. We get opinions from Florida. We get opinions from Texas. We get opinions from Wisconsin, Middle America, Kansas. And that, that's, what's, that's what's important is that everybody is able to tell the truth. Sure. Well, you know, here's a crazy thing. In 2022, do you know how many New Yorkers decided to move to Florida and call it home? Oh, don't tell us. We're going to cry, Jimmy, but go ahead. Tell us. 91,000. Wow. 91,000. And you know what they brought with them? They brought the retirement accounts. They brought their assets. They brought their businesses. You know, and, and they would not leave New York to move to Florida if they weren't in a state where they felt like their dollars weren't being used in a responsible way. So someday... I can see your show being live from the great state. <laughs> how many people, by the way, Jimmy, come and say and do say that to you? Like, I mean, we see the numbers, but how many say uh, we're just fed up between, you know, we're, we're going to be talking after you um, with Christine Nicholas about congestion pricing. It's like, OK, we're getting socked with congestion pricing, all the taxes. Then we see the crime stories. Then you see uh, these numbers, you know, as we're talking about with some of these crazy uh, persecutions, not uh, prosecutions. How many say, uh, thank goodness we're here in Florida? Sure. So last year I met with four different families. One was from Buffalo, New York. The other one was from New Jersey, um, uh, Chicago, Illinois, and, uh, and I think New York, New York. And all four families, I'm asking them, why? because I'm in the restaurant business. I want to know how do I get repeat customers. What brought you to the state of Florida? And I'm thinking weather. I'm thinking family, maybe job relocation. All those families from the north moved to Florida for the same answer, lower taxes. They wanted to see their dollars being used in a way. That uh, that was in best the best interest of taking care of their household budget. So I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in Florida that the citizens of Florida spend their money better than Tallahassee does. And in New York, I think estate taxes. Uh, you're over the age of seventy five. You pay, have to pay estate taxes, and in Florida, you don't have to pay. Correct. So we have no income tax in the state of Florida. Um, and and here's just a, a snapshot. Our state budget is half of your state budget. Yet we have three million more people than you do. That's called I mean, a smart that business. <laughs> that's what that's called. And we live in New York City, where there's another hundred billion dollars in taxes for New York. So you got the state budget 
of two hundred and forty billion and the city budget of a hundred billion. That's three hundred and forty billion since we're standing in the city of New York, and that's three times what Florida is spending. Should we cry now, Ed, or should we cry later, Ed Cox? What do you think? We're going to change things here in New York. Uh, we're going to derange. We're going to cut taxes when the Republicans get control. New York State Chairman, what you do you bet. have to say, Ed? Oh, we're we're going to change this. Democrats control all of Albany. That's why it's happening. Governor Patterson, uh, former uh, Democratic chair of, uh, of New York. It's uh, a shame, but it does seem to be the case that people are uh, moving out. And the largest percentage of the taxes that are being paid now are being paid by very few people. Yep. It's incredible. By the way, Jimmy, I was waiting for you to say you brought up all the reasons they're coming to Florida. You left out the fact that probably the restaurant food is delicious at your restaurant. Okay, so well, look, now, now New York <laughs> is still a world class restaurant market, but I tell you, Miami's pretty stinking good too. Uh, but last, last thing I want to leave with you. So in my office, I've got three hundred sworn law enforcement. They do they do arson investigation. They do uh, fraud investigation, insurance fraud investigation. So I'm with one of one of my my officers last week, and he's got he's got a New York accent to him. So we're sitting there making small talk in the car. Here he was with NYPD for 20 years, and now what's he doing? He's working for the state of Florida because he can. And every single month he is cashing his New York pension in the state of Florida while he's working for me. Those dollars should have stayed in New York, but you know what? He moved to the state of Florida, and now we're benefiting from your retirement system, too. Now, now Jimmy, before we we sign off, I want to hear it one more time. How do you say it? Come on down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Jimmy Petronas, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Shades of Jim Dooley. God bless. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank Thank you. You too. Well, we were just talking about how New Yorkers are getting socked from every different direction. And one of the things is congestion pricing. They just started opening it up for public hearings. Uh, Yesterday was the first day. Another one today. And joining us now is Christine Nicholas. She's one of the founders of Nicholas and Lens Communications. Also represents the Broadway Association, which is, and so many other uh, folks. She is like top-notch PR. Our person uh, everywhere, and she testified today. Uh, Christine, tell us what did you tell them about congestion pricing? Well, just to pump the brakes on it, that this is not the same city that it was back in uh, 2016, 2017, when this was all starting to get, uh, you know, debated, and our economy still has not come back. Uh, Broadway is down. 20%. We wow. welcomed 5 million fewer visitors and 2 billion fewer dollars last year than we did back in the in 2019. So if you want to help the economy and get people back to work uh, and you need a better transit system, I can understand why congestion pricing might be a good thing down the road. But right now, not such a great, not such great timing. So we've asked them to pump the brakes and also to reconsider and to reevaluate this. We think pitting one neighborhood against another doesn't work. And we don't think that, um, you know, what's going to happen, we, we will be toll shopping. And it's even in their own report. And toll shopping is for savvy New Yorkers that know their way around. They know where the free bridges are. They know how to get to the free bridges so they can avoid being told twice. And what that's going to do is just create a lot of pollution, a lot of traffic in the boroughs, near the borough crossings, whether it's lower Manhattan, lower Brooklyn, you know, up near the Bronx, right where the Third Avenue Bridge is. So um, 
you know what, maybe it's time that we toll all the East River bridges, all the Manhattan bridges, but toll them at the price of a subway fare. Uh, I'm not, we're, we're not sure about the increase, but let's go to Governor Patterson. Christine, right. Christine, I always thought you were a little Governor. psychic, and now I'm sure. <laughs> oh, because, no. B- because uh, really, when Mayor Bloomberg wanted to bring congestion pricing in, this was in 2008, mm-hmm. and I brought him up to Albany to see the legislators, and they weren't happy about it. But at that particular time, financially, I think it could have actually been a gain. But after right. the situations that we've had, the recession, uh, COVID, and everything else, what you said is absolutely right, is down the road, when the recovery is better, maybe it would be a, that would be the time to do it, but not now. Not now. Look, and and the the point that I'm trying to make is the $15 is just a burden. That's going to cost $5,000 for the average worker. You know, think about the hospitality night shift worker. We want a thriving nightlife. We want a 24-7 New York City once again, right? Well, in order to do that, your shift starts at 6 p.m. and you don't get off until 2 a.m. Who's going to be getting on a train at 2 a.m.? And also think of the people that live in Orange and Rockland, the Hudson Valley, North Jersey. They don't have trains at that hour, so they have to drive in. And they're going to get zonked with a $15 fee on top of another toll. It's just not right. So my point about tolling the outer, you know, the the free bridges is if you do not address that, you're going to constantly have toll shopping. Toll shopping means pollution, contributing to asthma rates, which are very high in those neighborhoods. And if you do it at a very low price, you're going to raise a lot more money than a billion dollars a year, but with less pain. People can absorb $3. They can't absorb $15. Christine Nicholas, thank you for coming on. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, you thank you, Christine. Keep up the good fight. Governors. <laughs> and God bless you and have a great weekend. Thank you, thank Christine. You. Awesome. Let's thank take you. a break. And when we come back, uh, we have a guest. Uh, well, we have a very uh, shy Senator Al D'Amato. Oh, yeah. Very who's shy. Coming up. Very, very shy. shy. And also for the great state of Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, we're going to have a, a tidbit from Congressman Herr. Yeah, he's got some big stuff on China that's going to blow your mind, everybody. It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We're playing a little bit of Oklahoma. The judge liked that. Uh, you well, know. from the great state of Oklahoma, we got a little bit of tidbit from Congressman Herr, who... Uh, who um, is upset about what's going on with the Chinese influence in America. Congressman Hearn, uh, tell us about, we, we, are we getting invaded? I mean, the fentanyl problem, the border problem, uh, the excess money going to our universities. You tell us, give us an update, what's going on with the Chinese government? There are a lot of things that are very partisan in Congress right now, but the ever-growing uh, issue that's bringing everyone together in Congress is what China is doing uh, around the world and to us. Uh, I think when you look at what's happened at the southern border, as you just described, 100,000 people killed uh, in, in 2021, as, as put forth by the CDC. Uh, it's the number one killer of, of uh, people in America, 18 to 45 and it's all coming across the southern border. I, I've talked to governments around the world. There are no fentanyl problems around the world. It's only in, in the United States. I've talked to governments in South America. The fentanyl doesn't flow south. 
one has to ask themselves, uh, why is China sending all that fentanyl here that's so cheap? And the only conclusion you can come to is they're trying to kill America from within. And we have to got to stop this. And again, it's only manufactured in Manu- uh, Mexico by precursors, the, the ingredients coming from China into Mexico. And then you look at what's happening around the world with China going into countries like Peru and like uh, in South Africa and building these nice, new, shiny ports, spending billions of dollars. And every, each place they build these ports, it puts them closer to us. It brings Asia 10 days closer by the new port they're building in Peru to, to the Western Hemisphere. If you look at South Africa, on the west coast of South Africa, it's the shortest route to South America. So while we have been comforted over the years by the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, to, to distance ourselves from our adversaries, What's happening is China is coming in mass from from the south. And one of our largest groups of immigrants now, and one has to scratch their head, are the Chinese people. And and so it's devastating what's happening. Uh, We're being invaded in a soft invasion, but it's one that we know, and Christopher Wray, the FBI director, has even acknowledged that it's going to be sleeper cells when it's inside the United States, and we have to be gravely concerned. Yeah, wow. And, John, you're going to have the full interview on the Cats Sunday, Roundtable. Cats Roundtable on Sunday morning, along with Newt Gingrich on Sunday morning. Oh, and good. he's got some revelations. And now one of my favorite U.S. senators in New York State. Wait, one of your favorites, too? Yes. All right, good. I think he's one of all of our uh, favorites. You yeah. bet. Alphonse D'Amato. Hey, John. How are hey, you? We haven't heard from you this week. Well, uh, I'm, I'm available anytime you want, you want me. Let me just say this to you. The congressman happens to be absolutely correct. Tens of thousands of Chinese are now coming over illegally. And, and let me say this to you. This poor young nursing student uh, who was killed down in Georgia. Yep, Lake and right? Riley. Yep. Beautiful young woman out for a run. And this animal from Venezuela, Antonio Abarat. A piece of shit. That's what he is. 26 years old. Come in improperly. They release him. He gets arrested in New York. They release him. He goes down there and he kills this kid. But Christ's sakes, Sleepy Joe, wake up. It's time to stop this. It's time to say you can't come into this country you stay in Mexico until you're cleared. This stuff of catch and release, this is nonsense. And I'll tell you this, the people of this country should be outraged. The murder of this young lady, it's just an example. And there have been thousands of other cases in the past three plus years where people have been savaged, have been murdered, where people have been raped, where people have been robbed where homes have been broken into. This is incredible. Tens of thousands of assaults on American citizens that never, never should have taken place. Never. Sleepy Joe, wake up. You should resign now. Get the hell out. And how do you really really feel about it? Oh, I, 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 this... This is an outrage. We, we all agree with you. Santo, we all agree with you. American citizen should be outraged. Now, how do you feel Why about this morning? Why should they wait in Mexico? Why do they come in here and we have 
10, 11 million waiting. Now, some of them are good people, but they could wait. 80%, 90% of probably good people. But we have we have ten percent that probably bad. And guess what? Ten percent of ten million there is a million. lot of people. Yep. A lot of criminals in the street. A lot of. By the way, um, you know you, what I just saw, got it. Senator? I, I just saw up. also that the UN is declaring. Uh, uh, Senator, the UN is declaring. By the way, the U.S. Mexico border the deadliest land migrant route in the world. Think about yep. that. Our southern yep. border. And let me tell you, this should be the case. In Mexico, you remain there. You remain in Canada. They're now coming over. The Chinese are coming over um, um, from from Canada. They're smuggling them in. This is nonsense. You got to stop it. Now and today, I tell you this: we ought to petition Sleepy Joe, ABC, start a thing. Get Americans, get a petition to Senator, say, Senator, this yeah. morning I understand that Hunter Biden. Or was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Hunter Biden admitted that the big guy getting the money was his father. Yeah, I I understand it was quite a bit of money, too. Yes, but but it cost the American people hundreds of billions. Yep. And and, and they got a mere, what, 10 million, 20 million, 30 million? 20 million, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but this, this is amazing what's taking place on a daily basis right now. And I have to tell you that Congress should say, until you say you stay in Mexico, we're not going to pass anything. Absolutely. By the way, you know, Senator, and I I can't I I want to hear what you think of this. Joe Biden goes to the border yesterday. And what is he? He doesn't do any executive action. He starts talking about climate change. I'm thinking uh, I'm not worried about climate change right now. I'm worried about the one million uh, out of the ten million uh, that could be potentially criminals. Well, they they are. There are at least a, a million really bad scoundrels, people we don't even know who are doing all kinds of horrible things to this country. And let me tell you this: there may be a lot of nice and good uh, uh, immigrants, good people. But you got to have jobs for them. Sen- yeah, and by the way, yeah, Ed Cox, Ed Cox has a question Senator, for you. Yeah. You were the last Republican senator in the United States Senate, and you were part of that time in the majority. What could you do for New, for New York when you were in the majority? And we got Mike Sapricone running. I know you've endorsed him. If he were the Republican senator in a majority, which I think we'll have. Running in what New can York you, what in, can the, you do? in the Gillibrand seat. Right. Look, running against Gillibrand. Tell us second, what you can do. Wait a second. I think Alphonse DeMato is the one that made Gillibrand uh, senator. Uh, you know, uh, Governor Patterson, what, what do you say? Uh, yes, I spoke to Senator DeMato, and he told me to take Gillibrand. What about now, Senator? My, my great dear friend, the former governor, never uh, um, asked me. It's a true she story. Told me this is what I'm doing. So, uh, and, and I, yeah, knew he, her. Okay. I have the pictures. You were standing <laughs> right I, behind Gildebrand yeah, and, and, and Governor Patterson. There and, and, and I, I attended. I attended. Well, Gildebrand used to be a Republican, uh, and she was lobbying for uh, the cigarette companies. And and you know, Senator. And pro gun, uh, you know, pro uh, Second Amendment, remember? You're actually right. I just didn't recall because I have trouble recalling a lot of things in the past. (laughs) 
lately. So Remember, I'm a Democrat. <laughs> you, sound, right. you sound like you're like the guy in the Fannie Willis case. I don't yeah. recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. The governor's suffering from Biden disease. <laughs> He's a well-meaning elderly man. Boy, lots of conflicts around this table. Let me tell you this. Go ahead, real quick, Senator. Real quick. Today, the Congress is a disgrace, and you need term limits. And I'll tell you why. Well, because look what happened when we, Andy Stein got term limits in the city council. We got worse people, and it's one worse well, too. And we I'll, fought I'll, it. Wait, wait, and I fought it. Let I'll the record be clear. Wait, it's it's Weinberg's birthday, so we got to be nice. Uh, be nice to Weinberg. It's his birthday. <laughs> Senator, thank you. We love having you on. Thank you Good so much. Thank love you, Senator. Yeah, we love you. We do. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. way. God save the king. Uh,